Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and thanks for joining us on Beyond Qualified. I'm your host, Tyler Cornford. In this podcast, we'll take you beyond leadership theories to provide practical insights and actionable steps, ultimately to enhance your influence wherever you find yourself. As a kickoff to season two, our guest Sheldon Farrington and I will be walking you through the seven competencies important for any Christian leader. So brought to you by Converge, this is Beyond Qualified. We are live. Sheldon Farrington, the the mic is hot. The season two kickoff is starting now to the Beyond Qualified podcast. For those of you listeners, whether you're a Converge student or whether you are just on a journey through the podcast world. I wanted to introduce myself this this first show of the season and I'm Tyler Cornford. I'm one of the resident directors here on Liberty University's campus. I'm over at the circle for those of you who are in the Liberty University bubble. But I've I've been wanting to dip my toes in the podcast world for a while, so I'm very excited for this show and to be able to host it week to week and um, just the quality of content that we're going to be able to provide. And one of those people who will have on is Sheldon Farrington, my boss, the associate director in the Office of Residence Life. I know all the male RDs report to you. I know we all respect you and, and you're very good about being intentional of not just saying something, but knowing why you're saying it. I, I do believe you were a instrumental part in developing the competencies for the Converge Leadership Program. So I'd love for the listeners to to hear from you just as an introduction to tell them who you are and then maybe even why you love Converge and why you're excited to talk about the competencies for this. So I came to faith in Christ about 20 years ago, which is really, you know, Two decades of my life have been spent trying to figure out what it means to know and to love Christ and to love people. And that really motivates what I do day to day in a collegiate context. So as you acknowledge, I'm your boss. Uh, My official title is Associate Director for Programs and Leadership Development for the Office of Residence Life here. What I do is student development. That's what we are engaged in. We want to see 17 and 18 year olds graduate into 20 and 21 year olds who ultimately will change the world. And we have a small part in doing that. And I get to lead the team that invests day in and day out in the lives of students. So such a privilege there. My passions include leadership development. It's helping people to see that the gospel of Jesus Christ is sufficient for their lives, no matter who they are, uh, to know what it is that God has entrusted to them and, and what he's uh, the trajectory that he set them on and, and providing them with resources that enable them to do that. And so uh, leadership development certainly gets to be a part of that. I'm also very passionate about biblical diversity and bringing that to bear upon the lives of individuals and communities and just having a good time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. This Converge program, it was called the leadership development program when it first started. And it's just been cool for me to uh, kind of take a step back and see what this program has become. And now even to start a podcast for this program that we have. So we are all passionate about seeing students growing in their leadership skills and abilities because it is like a muscle that, that we can grow. And most of the 
episodes are going to look like an interview type environment where we're taking these professionals in the leadership world on this college campus that will talk about the workshops in the classroom environment and then they'll come on the podcast and we'll get a little deeper. So that's the intention behind this podcast. But this first one, we want to talk about what we want you as the podcast listener to walk away with, what we want any converged student in the program to walk away with, and that's the seven competencies that we see as important for every Christian leader. This podcast isn't just for converged students, it's for anyone who's interested in growing in leadership from a biblically grounded basis and from looking to the example of Christ that he has set for us. So we're excited to see people being impacted from this. So we wanted to kick off season two with this episode talking about all right, this is what we want you to ultimately walk away with. And any program that we have is grounded on one of these competencies for you to grow in. So Sheldon, I would love for us to walk through these competencies together. And I'd love to hear you start. So the first of those being self-understanding. Can you share with our listeners why is this an important competency for a Christian leader? So in a couple of days, I'll be leading a workshop called The Narrative of Me. And one of my central points to that Converge talk is knowing who you are and who you will be are two of the most essential questions that you'll ever have to answer. Who are you Hmm. and who will you be? Hmm. And when it comes to leadership, there's a degree to which you have to know who you are in order to effectively lead others. And so self-understanding brings to bear self-awareness, a knowledge of your strengths and weaknesses, your limits, capacities, those formative experiences that have shaped you that will unlock your knowledge and confidence to be able to lead in the way that God has uniquely created you. And so that's so imperative and we want to help our students do that. So yeah. Self-understanding, yeah. And I was talking about at the Converge kickoff program that we had to, to start this year off with the students. And when I hit this competency, I, I challenge them with the question, how, how can you lead others if you don't even know who you are or, mm-hmm. or what direction that you want to go or you're called to go? Mm-hmm. So it's so important for us to ask those questions of who am I and who do I identify with and, and what do I love? It's so important to know that as a leader, as you're helping those who are under your sphere of influence. Figure out those same questions. You need to be able to answer them yourself. And I think collegiate years hmm. are so some of the most uh, determinative years of our lives where yeah. we really do get a sense of, um, this is who I am. We're discovering uh, our friend groups, those people that will go on with us and you know to the rest of our lives. We're uh, discovering what our major will be after changing it for three times and how that will translate into a career. Um, and so be, to be able to like, engage students in the process of self-reflection, of self-discovery, and and really being able to position themselves to confidently, again, know who they are and to lead well, I think is so important, such an integral part of our program. Absolutely. One of the things that excites me about it. Yeah, it's such a, a pivotal time in one's life. I remember coming in 2014, my freshman year, leave mom and dad, and even those challenging questions of why am I a Christian? Why do I believe yeah. what I believe? It's so good to walk away from that from your household and then really start to gain an independence and figure out who you are, not just because of the house that you grew up in, but setting the trajectory for where you're going to walk, the path you're going to walk down after college. There can be a danger in that too. Yeah. If, it, if there's a hyper self-focus and self-understanding. And so a second 
competency that we in, uh, emphasize is productive relationships, right? None of us are an island unto ourselves. We're not just individuals kind of climbing through this chaos of life. We have people that are uniquely positioned around us and the ability to uh, develop mutually beneficial relationships with others is imperative to leadership. And so we, we underscore productive relationships. And so even you, Tyler, as you just gave us a window to your start at Liberty, I'm sure there's people that you can point to in your lives um, that, that really helped you to uh, form and to shape and that really uh, solidified your trajectory and, and enhanced your influence while you were here and even beyond that, you know, and uh, to be able to help our students not just understand the, the importance and the weight of relationships, but also to equip them with the skills that they need to, again, build those mutually beneficial networks of people uh, to be able to cultivate trust and to have open dialogue with un others. One of our influences in Converge program is Corey C. Miller, and she says, um, just interacting with people does not constitute a relationship. Mm. And so what are the skills and competencies uh, necessary for being able to, to, to develop meaningful, mutually beneficial, personal and professional support structures around oneself? And, and we think that apart from that, a leader will fail. They'll be an island unto them own, their own. And uh, that breeds a lot of disappointment and uh, lack of success, really. Absolutely. Not just for a, a leader, but for anyone who... You need to constantly ask yourself, who am I surrounding myself with? And are you just hanging out with someone because maybe they're the exact same same as you and grew up in the same culture and everything like that? Or are you surrounding yourself with people who can offer different perspectives, who will challenge you in the way that you think or in decisions that you make, ultimately to mold you into being a, a better person and someone who will maybe even call out sin in your life mm -hmm. because they want to see you grow to be more like Christ and grow closer to Christ. And then flipping the script as well, are you challenging those that are yeah. in, in your life? Yeah. Are you pointing them to Christ and, and who he is and who he wants those people to be? I can just speak again into my own life of I wouldn't be who I am without the relationships that God has blessed me with. And it's been uncomfortable sometimes and it's been challenging, but ultimately productive. So we want each Converge student to walk away from the program um, recognizing the value to intentionally having a relationship that will ultimately be productive for becoming the leader that they've been called to be. And then just transitioning to the third one is, is biblical diversity. And I love the passion that I've seen the Office of Residence Life here have for the, the topic of biblical diversity. And even in my resident director interview, this was a central focus to the position and, and being equipped to lead on this college campus is being passionate about diversity, um, just as scripture reveals. So Sheldon, I'd, I'd love to hear you speak more into this competency of biblical diversity. Yeah, there are, I think are a few things that get me as excited about this than the recognition that here on a college campus or really wherever you find yourself on planet Earth, there are just a multitude of cultures and values and norms of ways of being and doing and seeing the world that if an individual is unable to exercise cultural intelligence to be able to build uh, relationships with people who are different than different than themselves they really will fail they really will be uh, ineffective and also miss out on the glories that are 
available to them when, when they're engaging the rich treasury, the enjoying the tapestry of, of people and customs and culture all around them. And so this idea of biblical diversity really builds upon God's initial vision. He created diversity within himself, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. They are um, unified yet uniquely different in the roles and the ways that they operate and relate to one another. That in the beginning was refracted into creation as God created different species and, and uh, animals and domains and, you know, specifically humankind. He provided differentiation in our um, he made them male and female and he set us apart and 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 allowed us to uh, create and craft and cultivate the land, right? And so all of that builds the background for what we mean when we say diversity and we want to engage our our students in a process of, of, of knowledge and a set of values and behaviors consistent with really recognizing that and moving forward on that landscape effectively. With that, we define very specifically that biblical diversity is the laying aside of partiality for the valuation of every individual and their unique contributions, irrespective of God-given differences. And that becomes a touch point that we really want to impart to our students, along with skills that enable them to thrive in a diverse world for the glory of God and for the good of those different others who they will lead among. And uh, yeah. That's so good. Now, diversity is something that is important for any Christian to be passionate about and also capitalize on. And showing partiality is, is not what we were called to do. Mm-hmm. And um, I think when we think of diversity a lot, we just think of skin color and race. But what we see in scripture as well, like you hit on, God is diverse in his triune nature. And, and creation was diverse in the fact that the, the uniqueness and the different animals even mm-hmm. and plants and, and there was man and woman. And we were made to function with our unique gifts, talents, abilities and upbringings, um, ultimately to create something better mm-hmm. than we were in we wrote this competency down as biblical diversity because we want students and we want listeners to see how important it is um, just through the story of God's people, how he emphasizes biblical diversity. And starting in Genesis 12 with the Abrahamic covenant, he wasn't just calling Israel, but he was calling through Abraham all the nations of the world to be blessed. And then looking all the way forward to Revelation 7, 9, And what do we see? We see every nation, every tongue, every tribe, every ethnicity together worshiping Christ as one. And as Christian leaders, we we need to recognize this and challenge ourselves, not just to build teams with people who come from the same culture or or have the same perspective as us, but having a diverse team for people that can offer different perspectives, for people that can, yeah, challenge the way that we think. And we want to be passionate just as scripture is passionate, just as God is passionate about diversity and uniqueness. And then responding to change is the next competency that we want to hit on. And as I was giving the kickoff introduction, um, this is a competency that I I challenge the students as well because I, I told them, and we've all lived this out, that change is inevitable and change is unavoidable in, in everyone's life. And just the older I get, the more and more clear it is to me that I am not sovereignly in control. Yeah. And God is the only one who is sovereignly in control. And God is the only one who who is able to truly make change. And, and there's just things that will happen in our life that we're not able to control. But what we recognize is that change 
is something we cannot control, but responding to the change. That's what we can, is how you respond. And so we want these leaders to, to grow in the way that they respond to change because it will come with their lives. But asking yourself the question, how, how will I respond? In the last two months, I think I've lived in five different places, right? <laughs> uh, so very much resonate with the reality of change. Uh, but it's not just change in our personal circumstances. Our culture is a dynamic entity, it seems, where different values are enforced on, you know, in one year and the very next year, there are others that are prioritized. There are changes in our institution, be it leadership at any given point in time, policies that are in place. And what does it look like amidst all of that? Even changes within ourselves, right? As hopefully we're growing and molding and and solidifying as individuals. What does it look like for a leader to be able to be adaptive to the various changes uh, that are dynamic around us? What does it look like for a leader to set the tone for the team that they lead, for the people that they're influencing on the proper attitudes and and ways of, of thinking about the changes? What does it look like for a leader to be able to offer stability clarity and confidence in an ever-changing landscape, wherever that landscape may unfold, those individuals, the uh, the individuals who are competent in responding to change are going to be the ones who are effective, who are going to be the ones who are resilient and able to stand firm, even though everything else around them is not standing firm. So I, I think this is important as well when it comes to building leaders. It's emphasizing this competency of responding to change because I think the thing that is most consistent in our, our lives is the reality of inconsistency. Things are always changing. And yet we can be skilled at having appropriate responses of being adaptive, of, of setting the tone, of giving others competence and standing firm as things change around us. And that's what we want to help our leaders do. Absolutely. And that just ties directly into the next competency, mm-hmm. which is decision making. Mm-hmm. And Sheldon knows this and people who are close to me in my life know this, that I'm, I'm a big camp guy and I love sports as well. And it's fun analyzing the dynamics of teams, whether it's a recreation game or just a regular basketball game. You can tell that in, in the midst of competition, the team always subconsciously deems a leader and whether they've articulated that or not, there's always a leader that is in their mind and then you see it at the moment when there's a tough decision to be made. Nobody really knows what to do and what do they do is they look to the leader. In that moment, we want the Converge students, we want listeners of the podcast to gain skills, to be equipped, to be able to make that decision when no one else is able to make the decision because that's what followers do is they look to their leader to make that tough decision. When I think about the decision-making competency, I think of a quote, I don't even know the movie that it's from, but a friend of mine shared it in uh, with me in high school and he was quoting a movie and don't know the context, but he says that there are moments in our lives where we know that things will not be the same before this moment as they were after this moment or something like that. And great movie. <laughs> what movie is that? You <laughs> no, don't know. <laughs> uh, and uh, that that was like challenging for me, and it's translated into a conviction that I've often echoed into the lives of people. Um, and it's the recognition of the weight of any given moment. And we're all the times making decisions, quick decisions, things that are mindless, whether you turn left or right when you're driving down the highway. 
whether you're ling a little linger a little longer in a conversation when you've got another meeting to go to, those consequential moments of decision making. And we want to help students have a paradigm of being able to approach decisions with sobriety, with wisdom, knowing how to weigh various inputs of information, establish values that will guide their decision making, because in a very real sense, every decision that we make is a crossroads that really adjusts the trajectory of our lives. Decisions are these these constant little minor nudges on the steering wheel of life that will determine our destination. And we want to be able to do that well. And we mm. want our students to be able to do that well because moments matter. And uh, the reality of the matter is nothing will be the same as it was before as we move forward. And the decisions are the keys to those, those different turns in our lives. And so uh, when it comes to uh, decision-making, we want uh, our leaders to think about just what's appropriate in the time, what's relevant, right? And uh, ultimately, how can I appropriate the wisdom of God that he has given us in honor for the people that he's entrusted to me Mm. and make the right decisions that are going to impact their lives and really set the trajectory for our own? Yeah. Moments matter. Decisions matter. And perspectives matter Mm. as well. And I, I love also that this sixth competency that we're discussing is advocating for a point of view. Also in the kickoff intro, I gave a shout out to my best friend David Klaus, who he was on the podcast last semester in season one, he was discussing this very topic and shared with us that it's very valuable for us as believers because we have the example of Christ when it comes to this competency and all these other competencies as they're intertwined and interconnected together. But when we look to advocating for a point of view, we, we see what Jesus did. And as he descended from his heavenly throne and he took the form of flesh and even the form of a bondservant and then lived his life um, on mission for the kingdom of God and, and serving others and then died on the cross for our sins, resurrected from the grave. And now he's advocating for us to the Father. He's advocating for those who don't have a voice. And we want to reflect our leader. We want to reflect our king in the way that we lead. And I hope and pray that the converged students, the listeners of Beyond Qualified can walk away with a passion for advocating for another's point of view. Because when we look to what the world tells us is we're supposed to advocate for ourselves. We're supposed to get the next promotion and we're supposed to share our perspective and fight for ourselves. But what we want to do as Christian leaders is advocate for those who may not have a voice. In scripture, we're told to to take care of the poor and the needy. So are you being a good steward with the voice and the sphere of influence that you have? I don't I don't know that I could have said it any better than yourself. <laughs> Basically, we follow the lead of our great God mm. as we take up the role of advocacy wherever he places us. Uh, what comes to mind for that is the conviction. What do you believe and why? Mm-hmm. We want to help our students know that. But then the communication how can you convey what you believe to other people um, with clarity, with engagement, with inspiration, which leads to a third C, I guess, which is convincing. Can you land the argument? Can you compel a people to move in a given direction, right? Mm-hmm. Advocating for a point of view and, and, and really looking out for the interest of those to whom you're advocating and for whom you're advocating. Um, so having that conviction that translates itself to excellent communication that ultimately is compelling and convicting. 
And uh, we believe that our students uh, have the capacity to gain competence in that, and we want to inspire that as much as we can. Absolutely. So as Sheldon kind of let me step on my soapbox for that that competency, we're, we're moving on to the seventh and final competency, which is professionalism. So I'm just going to toss the baton to Sheldon for this one because I know he's very prepared for the comp- competency and something he's very passionate about. So why why is professionalism an important competency for a Christian leader? So professionalism is really a placeholder that distills all of the subsequent six competencies and really ask the question, how will you show up? Whether it's on the job, whether it's in the team, in the meeting, how will you show up with self-understanding, being able to create productive relationships, valuing and protecting biblical diversity, um, responding rightly to the ever-changing dynamics around with clear and confident decision-making, even as you're advocating for a point of view. What will that look like? And so professionalism really are the set of behaviors and skills associated with being a professional. And wherever that is, in whatever context that is, and as believers, right, because Converge is all about developing leaders in cultural theological, and professional leadership. And so in Converge, we recognize that our first profession is that of professing the name of Jesus Christ. And so how can we reflect him in everything that we say and do, in the way that we lead, in our communication, right? And the ways that we navigate conflict and tension. What does it look like to be reflective of Jesus? What does it uh, look like to be reflective of uh, our Lord in Christ? That's what it means to be professional. And on the other side, there are some very practical components of, of professionalism in way, and like how you present yourself, how you communicate uh, your competencies and fitness in an interview, or how you represent yourself on a resume, how you dress, right? Even as a, as a reflection of the way that you demonstrate your adaptability to a given context. And even anecdotally, I think about myself, I like to uh, dress nice and and it's not necessarily because of materialism, although I'm always looking for a good thread, but I'm asking the question, what's appropriate for the context I am, you know? And how will my dress reflect the seriousness with which I take my job? But, you know, if I'm meeting with a student getting down on their level, I'm not going to be in a three-piece suit, you know, and a tie because that's not appropriate. That's not professional for the context of engaging, you know, at a student level. So I might loosen up, take off the tie, maybe throw on a polo and some nice kicks and uh, continue with, with whatever that context demands. But this is more than just the way that you look. Um, this is more than how pretty you can make your resume. It's how you can accurately reflect yourself and your God as you show up um, to be effective in a different maker wherever you may show up to be. Yeah, so those those were the seven competencies. And before we wrap up this episode, Sheldon, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the listeners? Any final remarks before we conclude this? So I think there's two things. One is a clarification on where that quote came from. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. So it's the movie Fallen, and I think it was Denzel Washington in that okay. movie who said that there are moments which mark your life. Moments when you realize nothing will ever be the same and time is divided into two parts, before this and after this. Come on, Denzel. (laughs) But then the second thing becomes the necessity of 
owning our leadership development. So whether you're a converged student enrolled in the program, whether you're listening because you wanted to get into the program, but we just didn't have enough spots for that, or whether you're just tuning in because you were intrigued by the title Beyond Qualified, I think recognizing that there are so many resources that can enhance our capacity to lead and to lead well, and that it's our responsibility to take ownership of that and to pursue those resources and to position ourselves to be developed and influenced. It all rests upon us in that way. I just think that's so important. And even the best leaders among us are also developing. Mm -hmm. And they also have opportunities and responsibilities of owning their own development. Mm -hmm. And so in Converge, we offer our students Converge Talks, and converge groups. We do converge summits in which we have TED-style presentations that reinforce our competencies. There will be mentorship opportunities aplenty, whether that's from your RA or RD. All of those are resources, and yet they will not be as instrumental as they will be if you, as an individual, takes ownership of that. Maybe you're not in Converge. There are books and podcasts and people all around you environments that you can engage, whether you're on a college campus and have an opportunity to pursue a a career center or a professor for further mentorship, or beyond that, and you have an opportunity for a professional development certification course or some other experience. There are ample opportunities to grow as a leader, and it depends upon us to take ownership of that um, as we aspire to lead well for the glory of God and for the good of people. Yeah, I'm glad you said that because we we live in a world where resources and material abound with the internet, with leadership books, with all the opportunities we have. But at the end of the day, it's pointless if we don't choose to, like you said, take ownership, to add that tool to our tool belt. So just to wrap up this episode, I wanted to give you a recap on what those competencies were. The first of them being self-understanding followed by productive relationships, then biblical diversity, responding to change, decision-making, advocating for a point of view, and then professionalism is the last competency that we discussed. So thank you for tuning into the show. Once again, I'm happy you were here. I'm happy you joined us. And come join us next week where Andrew Pivots will be discussing his Converge talk, Theology of Self. So I hope this material challenges you and equips you to perform in your sphere of influence with excellence and ultimately to glorify God. So we'll see you next time on Beyond Qualified.